Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. In addition, today being Rogate Sunday, which as I mentioned before, is taken from our gospel reading where Jesus says, ask or pray, so this is Praise Sunday. Today is also recognized as Mother's Day. Since this is not a church holiday, Mother's Day does not come with a special pyramid color or a set of readings or hymn selections. But I do believe that it is worth our time to think about motherhood just for a moment this morning, especially in a world that is losing its grip on the basic concepts of motherhood and fatherhood, and these terms are part of an endangered species of our vocabulary. First, we should recognize that mothers play an incredibly important role in God's creation. God calls Eve the mother of all that are living. While it is God, by the power of his almighty word, who creates everything, he did not just cause people to pop out of the ground like trees and shrubs and hopefully corn. Mothers carry and nurture the next generation of life in their own wombs. The psalmist declares, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. God has given some pretty unique power to mothers. Second, we ought to stand in awe of the fact that it was through a mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, that our Savior Jesus was born. Let us marvel at how the God of all creation wrapped himself in the womb of his mother in order to be her Savior and ours. In so doing, Jesus sanctified and blessed motherhood and instilled it with the greatest honor that can be given. And finally, in so doing, Jesus also seeks to bring comfort to women who on this day are mourning. To all those women who have lost children, either in miscarriage or in other circumstances, or who have not been able to bear children at all, Mother's Day can be very painful. Jesus became the child of his mother, that he would shed his blood and die for the child that you did not hold in your arms. To the women who could not have a child, Jesus says to you, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In a marvelous turn, Jesus becomes your child too. You cradle him whenever you hear his soft cries in his word. And in your hand, you cradle him in the blessed sacrament. Take heart, dear sister. He has not forsaken you. Today, though, as I have already mentioned, is Rogate Sunday. This Sunday's name doesn't come from the introit like our other Latin names do. It comes from our gospel reading, and it means simply to ask. As in Jesus' invitation in our gospel reading, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. 
This Sunday is actually closely associated with the blessing of crops and fields because in the, middle, in the medieval church, the congregation in various towns would go on long processions through local fields and ask God to bless them. In fact, the next several days are called rogation days, and these hours-long processions would take place, even up into Luther's day. And so, I am in the business of blessing homes, and if you'd like, I will come and I will bless your fields. You'd have to give me a ride, though. But today's text brings up something that we really ought to wrestle with when it comes to prayer. Jesus says flat out, in that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Well, what does Jesus mean when he says that day? Well, he's speaking to his disciples on the night of his, uh, his betrayal, the night that he instituted the Holy Supper, the night that he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. In fact, the last few weeks, we've listened to Jesus' words from this part of the gospel, and it's been largely about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so the that day refers to the coming day that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon his church. And we call that day Pentecost. Jesus says that the Spirit's job is to take what belongs to Christ and declare it to you. That is, he takes everything that belongs to Jesus, chiefly his suffering and death upon the cross, and he delivers it to you in his word and in his sacraments. Now, I want you to hold on for that just for a moment, that that day refers to the gifts that Jesus gives in his spirit. Put that in your pocket for now. Jesus then says, Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This is a very great promise that Jesus gives. Whatever you ask of the Father in Jesus' name, he will give it to you. Notice that Jesus doesn't put any limits on this in our cutting from the gospel today. There have been times in my life, though, that I've asked for things in prayer or that I haven't asked for things in prayer because I thought they weren't really worth God's time or his consideration. This can kind of make us fall into the trap of failing to ask God for the things that we really want. We tend to put on, or at least I do, I guess I don't want to put any assumptions on you, but I tend to put on an air of formality and piety, if you can imagine that, that prevents us from really talking to God. Do you want suddenly to come into a bunch of money or to get the car of your dreams? Jesus here invites you to ask for those things, no matter how great or small. Now, to connect this to how I opened the sermon for today, your mom is very much like God. She asks you how your day was, and you give her the standard one-word answer, fine. Then she asks you, well, what did you do? She's trying to draw you out, trying to draw you into conversation with her because she loves to hear from you, even if you don't have anything particularly interesting to say. 
It is not meaningless that Jesus asks or teaches us to pray the words, Our Father, who art in heaven. God is our true Father, and we are his true children. And he loves to hear from us. So if you want a new car, ask for it. If you want your grandmother back from the dead, ask for it. But then Jesus adds, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. Now, I have another confession. I have asked the Father for things that he has not given to me. And I'm guessing that you have too. Some of the things were very small things, and some of those things were very big things. Has this happened to you? Have you asked God to remove the cancer or to keep someone that you love alive? Have you poured out your soul before your father only to have him not give what you have asked for? Imagine, if you will, a son asking his dad for something. He goes up to his dad and says, Dad, I want $1,000 worth of fireworks. Moms and dads, have you ever told your children that they could not have something? Has your mom or dad ever told you that you couldn't have whatever you were asking for, kids? I'm looking at my kids, because <laughs> they know. What father among you would honor his son's request for fireworks? Don't answer that, please. We can see from this human example, that, though, that there are times when a father ought to say no to his son's requests. We cannot ask God for something that is sinful. It would be wrong for me to give my son $1,000 worth of fireworks. Sorry, boys. But what if we're not asking God for something that is sinful? What if our prayers really are for good, right, and salutary things? Go back to that example of the father with his son. As a father, I know that there are things that my son should not have right now, even if I know those things are good things. I don't think that all of my children are ready for marriage and raising a family, even though I think those things are the highest good that God gives. I do not think all my children are quite ready to receive the body and blood of Jesus in the supper, even though I know this is a priceless treasure. Dear saints, our God is a loving God. He knows those things that are beneficial to us. And what is more, he knows when it is most beneficial for us to have those things. But this in no way negates Jesus' promise today. Consider, if you will, Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked that the cup of suffering would pass from him if it was in accord with the Father's will. Now, God did not allow the cup of suffering to pass Jesus by, but he did not leave Jesus without help. He raised Jesus from the dead, and he gave him authority over all things in heaven and on earth. Now, earlier... I had asked you to put something in your pocket, to hold on to what Jesus says about that day. Pull that out. 
the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In your baptism, God gave you his Holy Spirit. Your baptism day is just an extension of what God has done at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit takes what belongs to God and he declares it to you. He takes everything that belongs to Christ, his perfect obedience, his righteousness, his kingdom, his unending life, and he gives all of those things to you. When you ask God to remove your suffering, he may remove it today or tomorrow or next year. But along with St. Paul, he may not remove it yet in this life. This does not mean that Jesus has lied to you. Instead, the Holy Spirit is taking the promise that Jesus gives, and he holds them in front of your eyes in his word, in your baptism, and in his supper, and he gives them all to you on the day of his resurrection. All the gifts that we receive from God in this life are a down payment of those gifts that we will receive in the resurrection. For there, in that great day, we will, beyond, we will be beyond figures of speech and hard teachings. For in the resurrection, we will see that all our prayers said in Jesus' name, that is, those prayers said believing that Jesus is our Savior, all of those prayers we will see have been answered. St. Paul says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him, that is, in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And so, dear saints, your Jesus invites you to rogate, to ask in the Father's name. He will give you everything that is good for your salvation. He is your father and you are his dear child. And for a proof of this, God has sent his son to suffer, to die, and to rise again. When it appears that your prayers are not heard or have been denied, look to the suffering and death of Jesus. In Christ, God the Father shows his love to you and guarantees in his blood that he will not abandon you or forsake you. Alleluia! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed! In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.